You are listening to Graceway's weekly message podcast. We hope that this message encourages you to know and enjoy God, find friends, discover your purpose, and make a difference in your community. Enjoy the message. Graceway, Happy New Year. Hey, I hope that you uh, are having a great day. Uh, we had a fantastic time ending the year in Graceway last night. It, it has been, uh, from my vantage point, it's not been the easiest year, but man, it's been a fruitful year at, at Graceway. We've had almost 220 people give their lives to Jesus this year, and we've had about 170 baptisms this year. I mean, as difficult as it's been, we have a lot to be thankful for. God has sustained us and has provided for us. And man, I hope that when you look over this, uh, this, these 12 months, regardless of whether it was good, bad, easy, hard, you can say, I see, I see God in it. I, I see that God provided and, uh, and, and I'm up for whatever is next. So I, I have this theory. Uh, I, I think it's a biblical theory but uh, I'm, I'm gonna play it out for you and you, you, you can decide if you agree with me or not. Uh, the theory is this, that uh, transitions are always uh, a place where you have the potential to have holy ground. Transitions uh, always have the potential to be holy ground. You're making a move, you're in a transition, potential to be holy ground. You're going to a new job, a new city, in a new relationship, headed into a new year. The potential to have this holy ground moment. So what, what, makes, what makes ground holy, right? What makes some ground uh, not holy and other ground holy? What's the presence of God? When I invite God into this, this transition, into this moment, um, it becomes holy ground. And I get, to, I get to maybe see myself differently, see my experience differently, see God differently. And in those moments, man, we kick our shoes off and we say, you are God and I am not. So there's a story in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, a guy by the name of Moses who has this holy ground experience. He meets God at a burning bush. The bush starts talking to him. He realizes it's, that it's God. God says, hey man, you're in church, take your shoes off. Uh, please don't do that right now, okay? But uh, uh, you're, you're on holy ground. I got some things that I wanna talk to you about that 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 you don't know are in your future, but I know are in your future, and I want us to go into that future together. And I, I really believe that every new year, you have an opportunity to have an experience with God, to invite the presence of God into what has been, into what comes next, and to have a holy ground experience. So I just wanna take a couple minutes, and I wanna teach you what I think that looks like through this story in Exodus three and four. So, so watch, Moses just thinks he is living his life. God knows that he's about to have a holy ground experience. Moses knows what's behind him. He doesn't know what is coming next and God meets him in the middle. And what does God say? In Exodus four and verse two, the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, that being Moses, a staff, a staff is in my hand. So God meets Moses in the middle, asks him what is in his hand. And in this past year, uh, I'll even say in the last couple of years, let's just say 2020, 21, and 22, I think there have been some things that have been put in your hands. Uh, things that have been put in your mind, put in your heart, put in your soul. And, uh, and in this transition from one year to another, I think God has some things that he wants to do. I'm gonna teach you three things. Uh, number one, I think there are some things that God wants you to release. 
God says to Moses, hey, Mo, what's in your hand? Moses says, a staff. And what does God say in Exodus 4 and verse 3? Throw it on the ground. God doesn't say lay it on the ground. God doesn't say place it on the ground. God doesn't say position it on the ground. He says, throw it, spike it onto the ground. Now remember Moses' past. Moses was a prince. Moses was uh, in high up in the hierarchy of the most powerful empire in the world at that time, Egypt. And Moses was used to carrying around a scepter, a symbol of his status and authority. And something happened, right? God called him out of that. Moses made some mistakes. And now Moses isn't running around with a staff or with a scepter, he's running around with a staff and nobody cares, right? His identity is caught up in what's in his hand. It used to be a scepter. This is a powerful guy. This is an influential guy. And now he's got a staff. He's a shepherd. And remember in Egyptian culture, the lowest person on the totem pole was a shepherd. You went from being at the top to the bottom and God says, Moses, I know your identity is caught up in all this stuff. You got all these, these things that are in your hand and in your mind and in your heart. And I, I need you to spike them on the ground, man. I need you, I need you to let them go. So here, here's what I want to say to you. Uh, I believe that there are things that God wants to put into your life, into your mind, into your heart, in, into you. And I think you need to make some space for it. Uh, we always think that the things that we've gone through, we think, oh, I went through them and now they're gone. No, no, they're in there. Uh, trauma doesn't have a shelf life. Hurt doesn't have a shelf life. Pain doesn't have a shelf life. Idols, they don't have a shelf life until you deal with them. And some of us were walking around with things and we don't realize that the human soul can only carry so much. And God has things he wants to give you, uh, but he needs you to let go of some things so that he can... He can put them in your hands. Your hands are full. Your hands are full of the past and what happened in them. And God says, I want you to empty your hands so I can put some other things in it. You know, again and again, the prime real estate of potential is taken up by the past. I'm gonna say it again, again and again, the prime real estate of your potential, emotional potential, spiritual potential, relational potential, ministry potential is taken up by the past or by a person in the past who has hurt or betrayed you. And I need you to understand that, that when, we, when we blame other people for where we are, it smuggles our issues into the future. You know, whenever, whenever I say, I'm, I'm where I am because people in DC, right? I'm where I am because of my spouse. I'm where I am because of my boss. Well, what it, what it keeps me from doing is looking in the mirror and looking at what's in my hand, right? And I think that God wants us to, to, to say, what's in your hand? What have you let be in your hand? And let's not blame other people. Let's just acknowledge what's in your hand so you don't take it into your future. Blame smuggles my issues into the future. And listen, bitterness smuggles their issues into the future. Some of us, we're blaming where we are because of somebody else. We don't realize it's filling up our hands. And some of us, we're mad at what somebody did in 20, 21, 22, maybe even a lot further back. And, and, and we're gonna take our anger into the future. And, and I'll just tell you, in my experience, uh, anger feels benign, it feels justified, it takes up a lot of space in the human soul. It takes up a lot of space in the human soul. And, and, and hurts not given to God turn into thoughts. And thoughts turn into beliefs, and beliefs, they turn into habits. And some of us, we have hurts that are creating habits. 
Some of us have hurts that have turned into thoughts, that have turned into beliefs, that have turned into words, that are creating habits. And, and what I wanna say to you is you're giving undue power to your past, undue power to your hurts, undue power to them. They're still controlling you, they're dictating your future. And, and I think that as you go in to 2023, it's time for you to throw it on the ground. It's time for you to make space in, in relationships, in mind, in perspective, for what God wants to do. Philippians 3 and verse 13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, you say, you want me to forget what happened? No, no. I, 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 want, you to, I want you to be informed. I want you to acknowledge. I want you to be honest. I want you to be self-aware. I want you to be humble. And I want you to let it go. Paul says, you're gonna have to strain forward. You know, here's what I have noticed in my own life. There's a gravitational pull to the past. I, I, the past pulls me back on its own. Doesn't it for you? <laughs> what happened? Like, I don't even have to consciously think about it. I'm just reacting to it. I'm just responding to it because it's still in there. And, and I'm gonna, I, I have to consciously strain because there's a, there's, there's a, a force that needs to happen. There's an exertion that needs to happen for me to get into the future that God has for me. And some of it has to do with me just, hey, just let it go. Throw it on the ground. Don't place it, <laughs> don't set it. Throw it on the ground, be done, be free. God has blessing for you in the future. The second thing that I want you to see is maybe there's some things that God wants you to release. Maybe there's some things that God wants you to refresh. You're supposed to keep them, but God wants to do some new things with them. So watch what happens in Exodus four and verse three. So he threw it, Moses threw, did what God said. He threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. It turned it into something entirely different. And Moses <laughs> ran from it, right? Very manly of Moses to scream and run from the snake uh, as I would have done uh, or, or, or a spider or any number of outdoorsy things. Are you with me? So when Moses obeyed God, don't miss this, the old thing, the staff, became a new thing, the snake. It was so new, don't miss this, that Moses didn't even recognize it. He ran from it. Moses, Moses is a shepherd. Moses has seen snakes before. Moses isn't, isn't a city boy like me, like, ah, no, no, not spiders, not snakes. Not, uh, no, that's not who this did. This is something that is so new and so different that doesn't fit in Moses's experience or perspective. Now think about that for a second. Luke 5 and verse 38 says, but new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Listen, there are some things that are taking up space in your heart right now. They are. Uh, they are in all of us, let's be honest. Most of us aren't doing as well as we wish that we were, or maybe as we think that we are. It's been a hard few years. We're still trying to figure out what the new normal, whatever that means is going to be. And there's some things that are, that are pulling you back there are some things you took into COVID and, and for most of us, they got, they got worse in COVID because we didn't deal with them, right? So there's some things that are pulling you back. You're gonna have to strain forward into the future. You're gonna have to release some things. There's some other things that God, let's be honest, he, he, he had given you pre-COVID and you still have them through COVID. And now there's some things that maybe they're gonna look a little bit different. Maybe, maybe your relationship to your spouse needs to look a little bit different. You're still married, right? It just needs to look different. 
different enough that you don't recognize it. Maybe, maybe your relationship to your kids, it's you love your kids, but there's some things that God wants to do and he wants it to look different. Maybe there's some things with your finances. Maybe there's some things with your perspective. Maybe there's some things with your time. You, you get what I'm saying, right? It, you're, you still have these things. They're good in and of themselves, but they're stale. They're stale. They're not working like they should have. And God says, I want you to release some things so I can give you some different perspective on the other things that I actually want you to keep moving forward. You know, um, sometimes uh, it just takes the acknowledgement. I need to let this go. And this other thing is just stale. It's good, but it's stale. It's gotten stale. It's not a criticism. And, and so, you know, we have four values here at Graceway. Um, we, want, we want to know and enjoy God. We want to find friends. We want to discover purpose so we can make a difference. And, and, you know, just think about those four things. How's your relationship with God right now? Is it, is it vibrant? Is it fresh? Is it satisfying? Does he feel close? And if not, maybe, maybe there's some things that you need to talk to him about and say, God, I need you to, I need you to refresh this because I want to enjoy you. How's your relationships? How's your marriage? How's your kids? How's work? Uh, how's friendship? You know, but some of us, we got so used to isolation during COVID. We oddly crave it now, even though it's incredibly destructive. It's, it's isolating. It's lonely. And we're coming up with ideas that make sense to us that would have been completely foreign to us five years ago. Right. How's your friendships? You got any, you got any friends who love you and love God and are challenging and enjoyable and maybe, maybe God wants to give you some new wine, some new wineskins. How's your clarity on who you are, your spiritual gifts and your ministry and, and your service? How are you with just the extending of yourself for the blessing of others right now? How, are you making a difference in anyone's life or, or, or is the gravitational pull of how you're feeling and the things that are going on just kind of keeping you to yourself right now? All of these things, listen, I, I love you. I'm not I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just asking you to do some business with God. Moses is out on a mountainside by himself. He runs into a burning bush. The bush starts talking to him, says, I want you to let some things go so I can give you some new things. But Moses, Moses would have had to acknowledge that things had gotten old, would have had to acknowledge that he was holding on to some things. And if Moses refused to do that, listen, if Moses refused to do that, he was stuck. He was stuck. And some of us are stuck. We need to release some things. We need to refresh some things. And then number three, we need to resolve some things. And by resolve, I, 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 what I mean is decide. Okay, so in Exodus 4 and verse 18, Moses went back, watch, to Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses leaves the burning bush and goes and talks to his father-in-law and says, please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. So Here's the big thing. Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. Now, now watch. It was Moses' staff. Now it was God's staff. God said, Moses, throw your staff on the ground. And when Moses threw it down, by the time he picked it back up, it wasn't his anymore. And watch, some of you, you are holding on to some things and they're yours. And that's why it's not working. That's why it's not working. You need to throw it on the ground, make some space, let God refresh some things. And you pick that thing back up and it's not yours anymore. It's God's. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. The other thing that I want you to see is that Moses goes with the napalm option, doesn't he? He doesn't say, okay, God, I'll go home and pray about it. 
go home and pray about it. You know, we're about to do 21 days and <clears throat> I'll think about <clears throat> what you said, Mr. Burning Bush, and I'll get back to you. He doesn't do that. He doesn't even go back and talk to his wife. He goes and talks to his father-in-law, the person most likely to tell him that he's lost his mind and to get back to work. That's who he goes and talks to. And, and you know, some of y'all, you, you, you know exactly what God wants you to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to convince you. I'm talking to you right now and you know what it is. You know who you need to talk to, what you need to do, what you need to start. Uh, and, and, and I'm just saying, <clears throat> go with an APOM option. In 2023, don't say I'll pray about it. Don't say I'll talk to somebody. Do it. Go do it. Throw that staff on the ground. Pick it back up as God's vision, God's anointing, God's refreshing, God's presence, God's word over your life. And go do it. You say, I'm scared. I know. Moses was scared. Remember, he was a felon in Egypt. I, I know it was a change. I know it was difficult. I know he was probably going to get pushback. I know all of those things. But some of you, you're not in the city you're supposed to be in. You're not supposed to be in Kansas City. You're supposed to be on the mission field. Some of you, you, you think your money is yours. <laughs> it ain't yours. I love you. Your money's not yours. You need to handle your money differently. Some of you, are, you know your marriage isn't what it's supposed to be. Fix it. Do it. Trust God. Throw it on the ground and pick it back up in God's name and in God's power. And some of you say, hey, man, I'm open. I don't know what it is. So here, here's what I want you to do. If you don't have a decision to make, pick a direction. If you don't have a decision, pick a direction. How do you pick a direction? You, you pick a habit. You, you, pick, you pick one single habit. So, so here's one. Uh, I'm going to come to prayer for all 21 days two times this year. Right? I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get into a small group. I'm going to eat better. Right? Pick, pick a habit. So, so uh, Stephen King, you've heard of him. Ernest Hemingway, familiar. Right? Charles Dickens, you've heard of all these guys. These are great authors. Do you know what all of them did? They had a habit. They wrote every day. And I'll just tell you, I've, I've read some of all of these guys. Not everything that they read is good, but the things that, that they did out of habit, they hit the jackpot on a couple of them. Winston Hurt, Churchill read one hour every single night. Beethoven composed from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every single day. Picasso from 2 o'clock to 10 p.m. He painted every single day. Larry Bird and Steph Curry both had a habit. They shoot 500 makes every day in the off season. You say, that takes a lot of time. No, it takes, it takes a lot of clarity. It takes a lot of clarity of the direction that you're going in. I have a friend, she's an artist, and, uh, and, and she does kind of this mathematical art. She, she says, I sit down in front of a canvas and I decide what I'm going to do before I start painting. She says, I, I draw a line and it's, it's up 10 inches and right and then left and then a curly cue. And she says, I just employ that formula. And she said something to me now almost 10 years ago that, that really changed my perspective. She said, art without boundaries is chaos. Art without boundaries is chaos. And I'll just tell you a life without clarity, a life without direction, a life without boundaries is, is chaos because your habits mean saying no. I'm going to get up and work out. It means I'm not going to sleep as late. I, I'm going to eat different. It means I'm not going to eat certain things. I'm going to, I'm going to change my finances. It means I'm not going to spend money on certain things. You aren't 
picking a result, okay? Ernest Hemingway didn't say, I'm gonna be a famous author, he said, I'm just gonna write. Steph Curry didn't say, I'm gonna be the best shooter in the history of basketball, he said, I'm just gonna do 500 makes a day. Okay? And, and over time, the direction produced the result. The right habits have a way of producing the right results. And so if you don't have a decision that you know, pick a direction, pick a habit, and then be proactive. When should you start? Today is January the 1st, the first day of the first year. You should, you should, you should start today. You should trust God today. You should release it today. You should ask God to refresh it today. You should resolve today. Pick the napalm option. Pick the napalm option. Do, do something crazy for God. Do something crazy for your spouse. Do something crazy for your ministry. Do something crazy with your finances. Take the leap. Resolve. It's been a hard couple years. This year, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to trust God different. I'm going to see God different. I'm going to experience God different. I'm going to get to the end of this year in my relationships are gonna be different. I'm gonna have clarity on my ministry. I'm gonna make a difference. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing that God's been calling me to do. And here's what I want you to understand. I know it's scary to you. God has plans for you. God loves you. God has ministry for you. God has grace for it. And blessing always comes in advancement. God doesn't bless you while you stay there. God blesses you as you go. And in this new year, I'm asking you and I'm asking us as a church, let's Let's take some steps. Let's trust again, right? Let, let's go first. Let's, let's, let's believe God for his promises. Let's see what he does. I love you so much. I tell you all the time, you don't have the best pastor in the world, but I got the best church in the world. I love being a part of Graceway. I love what God's doing. I love what God's going to do. I love you. I'm praying for you and in God's grace. I'm gonna see you soon. So over the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes, we're just gonna have some conversation, invite you into it, and I'd encourage you to have your own conversations. We're gonna have a conversation, hopefully you'll learn some things, but hopefully God speaks to you through them. And maybe just don't turn it off and get about your day, maybe think about it, pray about it, have some conversations around the dinner table. But just want you to know we love you, hope this is a blessing to you. So I got some good ones for you. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. We'll go down here. Mark, why don't you go first? All right. I'm Mark Jones and married to Michelle <laughs> here. Dad to Malia Makai. I got an 18-year-old daughter, Malia, 14-year-old son, Makai. Do financial services for a living. Been in the industry for 30 years and uh, it's been fun and been at Graceway now for five years. So it's home to us and we're having fun being here. Awesome. I'm Michelle Jones, obviously married to that one and have the same two kids. Um, <laughs> I am an accountant. Um, uh, honestly, not by preference at this point in my life, um, but it's still great. And I've been at Graceway for five years. Love being here. All right, I'm Jeff Adams, and uh, speaking of transition, Pastor Tim and I went through a transition over five years ago. That's right. Because I used to be the lead guy here and uh, was smart enough to figure that it was time to transition. <laughs> and uh, my wife and I, Cheryl, we have been a part of Graceway now since 1972. Come on. And so, or maybe it's 71, I can't remember. One of those things. It's been a long time, probably longer than anybody else in the room today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I was born in 1982, so <laughs> definitely serves true for me. Um, I'm Chris Harper. Uh, you can call me Harp. Uh, I serve at a ministry 
called Better Man. And I've been rocking with Pastor Tim now for about three months. That's right. <laughs> Largely through a Marco Polo relationship. <laughs> it's been spectacular. Um, but no, a kindred brother and uh, so excited to get to know him more and more in his family and his church. It's spectacular. I've been here at Graceway for all of 36 hours. Uh, Kansas City is phenomenal. I'm from Dallas, uh, married to my beautiful bride, Allie. We have four kids, all under the age of 11. Wow. So it is wheels off yes. all the time at my house. Haven't slept in 12 years. <laughs> yeah. I actually came to Kansas City to sleep. <laughs> so it was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Hi, I'm Mandy Burnett. Um, I've been the Spanish worship leader now for two years. Um, I'm grateful to call Graceway home. I am mom to Aviel. He's four years old. Um, so every day is a transition. And uh, Duncan Burnett is my husband, partner in this life. We've been married now for eight years. So, Let's go. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about a handful of things. Y'all just hop in and I'll, I'll keep it rolling. All right. We talked uh, in the text, Exodus 3 and 4, just about transitions have the opportunity to be holy grounds whenever we invite God's presence into them. So that's a new job, a new city, a new relationship, a new year. So I'm curious how you guys, when you think about change, really, whatever it is, how do you think about change? How do you process change? How do you invite God into change? Just what's your change management strategy as a follower? of God, leading a home, running a business, all those types of things. Anyone fire away? Well, I am an operations man. I didn't mention that, but I've been an operations manager now for a really long time, almost a decade. And so change is my business. I'm the person they rely on whenever a we need a new strategy, whenever we need mm. to logistically figure something out. Like right now, we're moving a team of 200 investigators to a whole brand new building. So I'm charged with figuring that out. So my brain is wired to me having the answers all the time. And so uh, when it came to life transition, uh, talk about Aviel, um, when I was pregnant with him, me and my husband actually separated for a time. And so that was a huge transition for me. And in that, I wanted to find solution all the time, want to find what's immediately going to be comfortable, what's immediately going to be good and most effective. And the Lord was like, no, nope, sit down, like mm. sit down. I need you to trust me with the answer. And from there, it was a literal like day-to-day surrender mm. um, and then acceptance. So the first part was surrender that uh, I have no say-so in this. I literally did everything that I could to make it successful and it did. It wasn't. Well, at least it didn't feel like it was at the time. And then I just had to accept where it was. And so doing both of those things it allowed me to actually have the space to hear for what God wanted me to do in that moment and how he wanted to lead me, whether it was through this forgiveness path and so that I can grow and evolve and be a whole mom for my son, or it was through um, just powering through it and, and healing and being, um, you know, an individual. Um, but yeah, that was that was a huge, you know, transition for me was the surrender and acceptance was the biggest lesson I had to mm. learn. Wow. Okay. I am naturally change resistant. Yeah. Yeah. I like my routine. But I've been forced being an entrepreneur and different things to to grow. Yeah. Uh, And I learned over the years that if I'm going to grow, it's going to take some change. So, and so I've grown to embrace it a lot more than I used to. 
makes me a little less nervous now than it used to because growing is more important than yeah. not change. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's been a big part of it for me. Well, that's, that's a great point that some people are more resistant to change, some people welcome change. But yet change, my idea is the day that we stop changing is the day that we start dying. Whether yeah. we're an individual, whether we're a business, whether yeah. we're a church. And so change has become one of my core values in life. And Pastor Tim, you and I went through that transition that I mentioned, and we were both committed to that. Yeah. And it's been holy ground. Yes, uh, pastoral transitions usually don't go very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been over five years, and we're still friends. Indeed. Which is, which is <laughs> That's great. That's good. I'm glad you made me feel that way. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But it's uh, e- even the, the change in my life uh, from being pastor to not being pastor, I, I do strategic planning. Uh, now for individuals and for organizations and uh, it's been holy ground yeah. because I've been able to be the same person just in a different arena. I love same that. life purpose, yeah. uh, same characteristics and values, but yeah. yet it's been it's been awesome. free. Yeah. yeah. You only take pastoral pressure for so long, right? That's true. Sure. That's true. Yeah. I got a few more years to go. You do. You do. We're holding yeah. that. Yeah. We're praying for that. That's that's so good you mentioned being the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Bible talks about being above reproach or being a man or a woman of integrity, you know, the root there is integer. It's a number that's not divisible. And and so often in change, right, you can you can be swayed by the blowing of the wind or the newness of something or the shininess of something. And it's so so important to stay true who you are to who you are, no matter where you are and who God tells you and, and calls you to be. Um I, I wrestle a lot with change just because um, of what Luther called the tentatio, the tension, right? You you see what can be, but you have to live in the reality of what is. Yeah. And then so you're just in that tension constantly, uh, whether you're a pastor or a financial planner or whatever it is you're doing. We all have hopes and aspirations of, of where we're going, but the reality is we're not yet there. And so so how do we... How do we how do we live in that faithfully is something that that in the midst of change often I'm like, man, I just got to I got to be that whole person right here, right now, faithful, knowing where we're going. Yeah, it's good. You, you know, you, Mandy, I'm like you. I don't like the tension, so I'm going to grab it. Yeah. You don't like the tension, so you avoid it. <laughs> yeah. But do you think it's true that you cannot you sort you hinted at this? You can't grow and st- and not change. Yeah. Those two things are opposites. You think that's a fair statement? That's absolutely fair. Yeah. I think we're either evolving or decaying. I mean, because that's, that's life. It's like we serve a God that never changes. Yeah. But we're evolving. Like you mentioned today about the tree. Yeah. Like when you first plant it, it's just a twig. Yeah. But 20 years from now, it's going to be this full blooming tree with fruit. Yeah. So at its core or at its roots, it's the same tree. Yeah. But it, in different stages, it looks different. Yeah. Um, and it bears different fruit or it serves different purpose. Um, and I think that's what touching on um, Pastor or Jeff Adams was saying. It's like, we're the same at our roots, but mm. we just evolved in different ways. Yeah, but yeah. God is the same. He's mm. been the same. So yeah. do you think people don't know? You, you said you can't grow and not change. Do you think that people don't know that you can't grow if you're not willing to change? Or do you think that people don't value growth? I think it could be it's a little either. both. Okay. A little both, uh, depending on the person. Sure. And one thing I had to learn is implementing voluntary change yeah. right. so that it's not forced upon me. That's right. <laughs> All That's my right. growth, some of it I just want to yeah. sign up for it and yeah. 
yeah. put in some mechanisms to grow. Yeah. yeah. So like that, what? What's some things that you like? Attending seminars, mm. reading, yeah. you know, learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. You know, that kind of thing. Give me some info so I can implement it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And start growing on my own without having to go through everything. Right. Yeah. I don't need to experience everything. That's right. It's, it's funny. I don't know that people are um, always, they don't know. I think it, it's determined by who initiates the change. Sure. Like if I decide something needs to be changed, it's more comfortable for me to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like someone else yeah. is initiating the change or the Lord is initiating it, right. then all of a sudden I become a little bit more um, hesitant about being gung-ho mm-hmm. to move forward until I feel comfortable with understanding mm-hmm. what's necessary, but we always don't get to know why it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily see that in yourself. Which would make, which is what makes him the good shepherd, the father. He mm-hmm. sees what I can't see, but I think it's this: who is initiating it is what brings about the lack of comfort or discomfort. Mm-hmm. All change is an uphill effort. We just we just bring to it a downhill road, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. uh, it's uphill, and if you you can't bring a downhill effort to an uphill climb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's that's where it gets scary. At least for me, it gets scary, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Out of the text, one of the things that I said is there's some things that God wants you to release. And I said, you know, in this last year, just speaking for myself, I feel like a lot of things got put into my hands, my heart, my mind. Some things I didn't want to, but they're in there. And God wants me to let some of those things go. And I I brought up the idea of forgiveness. Um, That there are people in circumstances coming out of the last couple years that we need to forgive and need to release. So I'm curious, this is, you know, be vulnerable at whatever level you feel comfortable, but kind of your thoughts around forgiveness, your experience with it, you forgave somebody, somebody forgave you. Um, why is it so hard? You know, what, what do we need to know about this forgiveness thing to be open to it? Something, something that's been really weighing on me and good for me is... I don't confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are two different things. You know, the Bible calls me to forgive as Christ has forgiven me. But sometimes reconciliation um, is not immediate, and sometimes it's not even possible. But I can still forgive. And and I lived a long time thinking that those two things had to be the same thing. That until reconciliation was achieved. Um, I couldn't forgive or be forgiven. But when when I distinguished those two things, it was freedom and knowing, man, I can forgive you. You can forgive me. uh, But things may not be cool for a while. And that's okay. (laughs) But we can offer forgiveness. And that was that was a huge paradigm for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is so good. because I I totally agree with that. That's one of the lessons that that I had to learn early on as, as well. I can control whether I forgive somebody or not. I can't control whether well, they, they forgive, forgive me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't control whether we can be reconciled. Yeah. And that is, I, I think in my life, has protected me from what I'd like to think of as cancer of, of our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we that's don't good. forgive somebody, there's a cancer that's growing yeah. inside. You know, Paul talked about uh, being angry but sinning, not let right. not the sun go down upon your wrath. 
And I think what he was trying to say there is anger is a natural human emotion. It's okay. But it becomes destructive when we hold on to it and we don't ask ourselves, what can I learn from that? This person has hurt me and uh, it hurts and it's painful, but I can forgive them. And if I hold on to it, then it's going to become like a cancer growing in something. So we're considering, you know, the transition that my marriage and relationship has gone through. And one thing that me and Duncan have always reminded each other of is to understand is to forgive. It's mm-hmm. something um, we read a text together and that was one of the things that stuck out. And to understand the other is to forgive. And I think about the story in Matthew where the servant, he, he was he was forgiven of all his debts. And then when he went out, he didn't forgive his servant. Um, and I'm like, well, if I have to, if I'm asking Duncan, or if I'm asking Duncan to seek me for forgiveness, then I've got to be willing and vulnerable to understand that there might be something that I need forgiveness from mm. as well. And so to understand the other and to understand my role in everything, to understand that God won't hear me if I'm not forgiving, um, that I won't be fruitful if I have this unforgiveness there. And while that's easier said than it was to apply it, um, reminding myself of that or having an accountability person to remind me of that um, had me allowed me to forgive and then also see where I needed kind of some reconciliation, some healing there for myself because I did some things that were unforgivable. Man, no, knowing people, that's um, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Shout out sweater vest. <laughs> <laughs> Is that purposeful today? That's right. Um, won't you be my neighbor? Yeah. They said every every television show he taped, he had a note in his back pocket that said you can learn to love anyone once you know their story yeah Mm -hmm. and and man what a big part of forgiveness that is right coming to know people and knowing their story Mm -hmm. is so much easier to give it and receive it it takes the um the other part of it is like it takes you receiving everything that they did as a personal attack Mm -hmm. um because even though it did hurt Mm me um to understand what was happening in him in us at the moment um, how he was feeling, what was unresolved in him, allowed me to remove myself from the wound and say, well, this is something that they did. And it was just contrary to everything they knew because they were in this place. So I can stop taking it personal and accept what was done. Yeah. And now I can surrender. And I appreciate you, man, bringing up the difference between reconciliation mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And often, shout out to my pastor, Right. He talks about having good theology. Yeah. And I had to get developed right theology around forgiving. It's not an emotional situation. Yeah. It's, a it's, a, it's a choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's an act of obedience. Yeah. And God will help the emotions follow. But it's how I feel about it. It's not the issue. It's do what he told me to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, forgive him. And then he'll, he'll bring it around. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to figure that out and to understand reconciliation may never happen. Mm-hmm. You know? But forgiveness, if you can and should have. It's interesting. You think about change and forgiveness next to each other. Empathy, or like uh, tension, your story between your story and mine. Empathy being the bridge. Tension between forgiveness and reconciliation. Tension between what it is and what it could be. And and really, change and forgiveness are. I want my definition. I want my way. I want my. I want the boxes nice and tidy. 
and really I can't forgive if I won't change and I can't grow hmm. if I won't oh, change. Yeah. And we're we're in the following and surrendering business as children yeah. of God. Go. And, uh, and and really to your point, Mark, uh, it's whether I'm, uh, am I going to submit to God's version of these events or mine, my yeah. perspective of myself or mine, my story yeah. or yours. Like, um, and I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm, I'm just thinking on change and forgiveness. I really just like it my way. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I like everyone just stay where they are, how I define it, how I think yeah. about it, how I want it. And when it moves, it grows me, but I don't like it. Yeah. And uh, but that's not the business we're in as followers of God. Yeah. Okay. So I want to make this as practical as I can because we're talking about change and New Year's, and I'm afraid that sometimes people, you know, it's like I'm gonna, okay, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get serious. I'm gonna read the Bible, you know, today. I'm gonna give all my money. Like we we make these absurd overreaches when we feel like God's asking something of us. And I want people to think about a direction. Hmm. And a, a great way to set direction is a habit. Right? Hmm. I'm just going to do something slightly different. I remember listening to a guy and he said, uh, in, he knew the year that he had decided he was going to floss regularly. He added that habit, right? Or I'm going to walk four times a week or I'm going to read a book a month. Or, you know. So talk to me about habits and then help all of us with as you've thought about habits and onboarded them, what's a couple habits that you've added that are game changers? If someone's sitting there like, man, I want a direction, but I don't know where to start. You know, I'm a really abstract thinker, and so habits scare me. So, because uh, I can get lost in the clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I think about personal discipline to do something, you know, the same way, it, it just, I've really gotten hives. <laughs> but uh, one of the things, a game changing habit for me has been, well, I, I've never had, since I've been a believer, uh, since my college days, I've never failed to read through the Bible at least once every year. Yeah. But I had to learn that it's not as important how many times I go through the Bible as it is how many times the Bible's going through me. You, that's so right. I had to back off, and if I miss a day, you know, God's mm. not mad at me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose my, my wealth and all of that. But uh, <laughs> what what I've done in, in the last well, probably 10 years of my life, uh, is, is I got in the habit of when I when I read through the Bible and, and I read through the Bible every year, but every day I will ask God to show me something, teach me something from that passage that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And then I've disciplined myself to put that on Twitter. I've got a few thousand people who follow me on social media, so but I, I post it on Twitter and then from there it goes to other places. But the reason I do Twitter is because I'm limited to a certain number of characters. <laughs> and so I have to be concise. Yeah. Can I say something in a few words that could make a difference in somebody's life? So I do that in both English and Spanish because most of my followers speak Spanish and not English. But uh, I do that every day. This year, I've been doing that. I've been reading through my Bible in Portuguese and then posting in English and Spanish. Yeah. And uh, it has been fascinating because it gives you the ability to see so many different things in the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then to, to share that. But the other thing that it does, because we can't grow without other people. Yeah. So by posting every day, if I miss a day, it's like, hey, did I miss you yesterday? No, I'm sorry, I missed. Uh, yeah, yeah, it holds yeah. me accountable. Yeah. Because even though I can't see the other people, I know that they're there. Mm -hmm. and, and they respond and they, you know, they like or they ask questions or whatnot. That has helped me it's good. more it's than awesome. anything else. So start a Twitter account, learn Portuguese, <laughs> right. learn, learn yeah. Spanish. Yeah. 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 Got it. With, right. with that, we want to say change is progress, not perfection. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's where we're aiming for yeah. progress.
not perfection. When, when I think about New Year's, when I think about resolutions, like I think about Romans, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that word renewal there uh, in the Greek really, really means renovation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just renovated a hall bathroom I have. And when I say I, I paid somebody to do it. But really, the first thing they did is they came in and they ripped out all the old so mm-hmm. the new could go in. Come on. And, and that's what I want yeah. when I want, yeah. when I think about habits, right? God rip out the old so, so you can put in the new. And he does that, I think, through the washing of his word. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, that, for me, that's the key habit, man. Just the washing of the word every day. So, so having four kids under 11, wheels off at my house, I got to get up super early. So I get up before everybody and, and I'm in the word. And something the Lord convicted me of last year, my kids never see me in the word because they're asleep when I'm up. So every day before I leave the house, um, something I've read or something I've learned, I write on their bathroom mirror. There you go. Uh, There's your Twitter account. So when that's right, that's an old school Twitter account. So so a habit I have is is I'm in the word and then I go to their bathroom and I just write that and then love dad and then I head out the door wow. and they wake up and they see that. And that's just been a, it's been a sanctifying habit for my home wow. in, in 2022. That's, that's beautiful. That's good. I love, love that. that. I have a habit that's focused on forgiveness. <clears throat> so um, the habit that I got was when I was looking at Duncan, even if we weren't, I had decided, even if we weren't going to be together again, I knew I had to have a whole healthy relationship with this person that I'm, I created a life with. So, um, I have to look at him as how God looks at him. Mm. So when it came to any moment that I was either triggered or we had a conversation and it sparked up all these bad feelings on the left sheet of the paper, I would write what I thought I felt in the moment, mm. Just get it all out there. And then the right sheet was, I would write all the positive attributes or how God saw him. Um, until I felt released. And then after a while, I I just made that a practice. Mm -hmm. And it happens with everyone. You know, when you go through those moments, it forces you to look within and see what other areas Mm -hmm. of your life. So parental relationships, other familiar relationships, you can, um, on the left side, see, write down how you see it and then how God sees it or how God um, is asking you to see it. And that practice allows you to kind of cycle through or filter that Mm -hmm. situation, relationship, person, through that lens so it's easier to see them um and then the other habit i picked up actually you talk about habit, about a month ago um it's the five minute rule so if something doesn't go my way makes me upset whatever the case i got five minutes to freak out to freak out complain about it and then <laughs> i just say at the I end of the five minutes let's go can i can i change it no okay let's move forward yes um and so at first that was really hard to stick to five minutes but, some people need to start at a 20 minute one, yeah right? 20 minutes <laughs> but i've gotten down i use i was setting timers on my phone and everything oh, okay. so you know i'm an eight i gotta yeah, have I'm, I'm like, <laughs> but i was setting timers and it's, it's actually helped quite a bit it's allowed you to me to accept a lot quicker versus mm-hmm. the week it would have taken me before it's real it's good. Yeah. five minutes that's, that's awesome it's good it's good i'm gonna use that five minutes mandy i'm gonna use that Tell me how it goes. i uh, gotta <laughs> have a habit of my car being a classroom so I don't listen to music mm. in the car. Me neither. And so I try to get in the car and I'm going to learn something for years. That's been my thing. Either work related yep. to my faith, 
Well, somebody's going to be teaching me something. So here's what I would want you to hear from this. Um, you don't pick a result. You pick a direction. Right? Mm. Um, so for me, this past year, I wanted to I wanted to grow in prayer. So I developed this rhythm that I pray four times a day in the morning, at the end of uh, beginning of the morning, end of the morning, end of the work day on the way home, end of the day. And I, I have an app that sends me a reminder to pray the Lord's Prayer. So most of the time what people do is they say, I want to get fit, right? Okay, great. How? How do you get fit? And we don't know. We just have this thing. I want a better marriage. I want to love Jesus more. I want, and, and I would encourage you to find something that sends you in a direction, right? I want to know and enjoy God. All right. Are you coming to church regularly? Are you reading your Bible regularly? Are you praying regularly? I want to make some friends. Are you in a small group? Um, I want to, I want to use my gifts. Okay. Are you on the dream team? Are you serving someplace? Uh, all of these environments that we have are to help you take your next step. But here, here's what I want you to hear. In 2023, regardless of what 2022 has been, I promise you, God has good things for you in 23. I promise you he does. Because that's who he is. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. And I, I want to encourage you to let go of what, however you're feeling about the year that was and to take some of the things that you've heard here and just apply them in your life in a really practical way. Get them out of your brain, get them into your hands and feet. And, uh, and let's believe God together and let's get to the other side of this year and say, man, I did these small things and God turned them into new, big things for his glory. So we love you. Thank you all. You're awesome. All of you. Appreciate you all teaching me. I hope you have a great day. We love you. We'll see you soon.